Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Everybody, what's going on? It's Jeremiah Watkins. I was a real gangster. Yeah, welcome to the building. Years. It's Justin Alexio. It's Friday. Yes, yeah, so you know you what know. that means. Yep. What's it mean? It means that we have a guest. Oh yeah, in the studio slash apartment. In the studio <laughs> apartment, this girl. She's a a writer, columnist, blogger, comedian. My ex roommate. <laughs> Get so up for Lauren titles. Zima. What a credit. <laughs> oh, my God. The last one's the most important one. <laughs> uh, we haven't seen each other in almost four years. That's wild. It's really weird. And I just, well, uh, the first, all I keep thinking is, you look so old. <laughs> and then in my head, of course, I'm like, what, how old does he think I look? Really <laughs> no, you look, you look the same. Does Justin Thank look you. way older in the last three years? He, you know. Is it the facial hair? Okay, so you're how old now? I don't, I don't, Tolly won't say my age. You're 20. I'm, I'm 25. You're I just 25. turned 25 in January. Okay. There is a thing. There is a time when men hit their mid 20s where they change in a way. I think it's different for males and females. Like yeah. men in their mid 20s, it's like, oh, you got a little literal hair on your chest now, more so mm-hmm. than you did when you were like 21. And he's just this like hairy middle 20s yeah. man now. Do you have hair on your chest now, Justin? <laughs> I don't. It's not in my gene pool, but um, <laughs> I know to have mental I, hair. I got hairy nips, <laughs> like just like boom and boom, but like only like not much anything else going on. It's so weird. It's, it's more like, my my attitude. I uh, I treat yeah. the ladies right now. I don't chase girls. Let them chase me. Oh, I think you were doing that even back then. <laughs> yeah. You always had swag. I did. Even I was as good. a young buck. I was good. I listened to a lot of R and B albums. <laughs> so you're back. Let's. Wh- where did you go for four years, Lauren? Where did I go? Um, well, I moved back to Missouri from whence I came as a young collegiate. Um, and I worked for an awesome company called Newsy, which makes online news videos. Um, and yeah, it was really great. Because when I said bye to you, you're like, I'll come back in a year. And I was like, no, you won't. And I was like, I think <laughs> if, unless I go to Missouri, this is, will be maybe the last time I see Zima. Oh, my God. Well, you called it that I would not be back in a year. I mean, Jeremiah, you've said that where people say bye and we're always just like, all right, goodbye. I've had I've had uh, I've had multiple friends who are from Midwest area where whenever they move back, it's very rare that they they actually uh, come back out to California. Like I had one buddy who I knew whenever I first moved out here, he's like, yep, I'll be out here in a year or two. And he's still uh, in Kansas. Yeah. yeah, it's just hard. It's really hard to. It's it's hard enough to get out here, but to to consciously move here a second time is like <laughs> insanity. It's so freaking hard. I will it's say so hard. It's hard, and people think that I'm crazy on both ends. I think like you know when I left here to move to Missouri, yeah. People in Los Angeles are like, "You're going where?" And then when I'm leaving Missouri to come back here, you know, I mean, you just drop that rent, how much it costs to live out here, and people in Missouri think you're crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is really hard, especially, I mean, I bought a house in Missouri. Yeah. You bought a house? I got to sell some real estate. Holy shit. Yeah. Like I, you know, built a life, but, um, my thing is that life is short and take opportunities and, you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, life is short. You only live once. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think 
especially journalists, we I've noticed in working with different media outlets, we kind of get antsy after about three years, you know, like we're deadline oriented and we're living on this news cycle where everything's changing 24 seven. We're so in the news mm -hmm. that I think time, a short amount of time feels a lot longer to us. So yeah. I was getting like antsy. So you're like, yeah, because that's like the the life, the, the buy a house life. I know. Yeah. People, so. when you buy real estate, people think you're in. I like everybody at my job who was surprised that I was leaving. They're like, oh, I thought you were like a lifer here because you bought a house. I'm like, well, you know, now I'm going to sell that house. Yeah. <laughs> so Make some money. Yeah. Or just break even. Or <laughs> either way. Real estate. I don't know anything about it. I'm not really handling it. So you're I hate documents. <laughs> <laughs> so you're back here, and you told me it's all still the same. It's been four years. It's been four years, and so, of course, you know, when you go back to a place, you kind of look up your old haunts, and I started looking up, you know, the improv theaters that I basically lived at and which I loved, um, and I think it's sort of comforting, but you see a lot of the same people performing. Um, you see some of the same shows happening, shows that you loved, which is great. Uh, same restaurants, you know. You you, you judging these people? I feel no, a little, little I'm no, no, no. I think it's very comforting to me. I think that in making a transition, it's a. I'm like, like I love the Improv Olympic IO. It was very much my home when I was here, and I absolutely loved that. I feel like I could walk in there tomorrow and like say hi to some familiar faces. That would, I mean, in moving across country and abandoning all of your friends and your home. <laughs> you know, it's that's what I love is that there are people here who just love comedy. And, um, you know, you see it all the time in L.A. As famous as somebody is, they still want to go and perform in an improv show. So yep. it's just people who love comedy and it's very comforting. Yeah. So because I know you're a writer, but you're like I know they have to like uh, freelance a lot. Right. Because I know mm. you've like written stuff for Variety, too. Right. Yes. I freelanced for Variety for a while, um, did event coverage for them, um, and then I was at Newsy, and now I am at Entertainment Tonight. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's I, I've, I've actually had a relatively stable media career, I think. Uh, I envy people who just full-on freelance because I'm, like, not brave enough to do it. Um, and, yeah, I have those moments where I'm, sitting at my desk, looking out the window and thinking, oh, I should just, I should just live. I should be a <laughs> yoga instructor and write on the side. Um, but I'll never do that because I'm far too uh, traditional. Were you super into uh, journalism and everything in high school and college? Or was it something that was a gradual thing? No, it's like the traditional. I, I mean, I feel both glad. I, I'm very grateful that I've always known kind of what I, where my strengths were and what I wanted to do. Sure. I, I was like editor-in-chief of the high school newspaper. Yeah. Uh, and then what was the name of your high school newspaper? Oh, my God. What a great question. The, mir the Mirror. The, the Maroon mirror. mirror. We were the Maroons. Okay. What a weird... Which... Yeah, is, what is that? It's racist. Is it? <laughs> it Love is. it. Our, our high school mascot, no longer, it actually was taken away while I was in high school. It was very controversial. It was Chief... Mighty Maroon, it was like a redskin reference. Ooh. Yeah, it was racist. And so then we were the Maroons, and then there was a, like a school contest to try to come up with a new mascot for the Maroons. <laughs> no one had any entries. Yeah. What are you going to do? There was nothing to be done. And then and Maroon so 5, the band got popular, <laughs> and oh then it was God. a whole thing. Adam Levine should be their mascot. Right? That would be so smart. <laughs> You're the first person I've ever heard say that. That's such a good idea. 
Maybe he'd he wouldn't go then. No, because he's already <laughs> no. the mascot for proactive. So. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah. So we were the maroon mirror, and yeah, then I did. I, I I've always known what I wanted to do, but it's it's both empowering because I know people who don't know what they want to do, and mm-hmm. it's kind of paralyzing. But it's also paralyzing to know what you want to do because then you envy the the free spirits who really live life. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and you've also, because I know you were on a MTV show back in the day. Yes. What show was that? It was called Disaster Days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were like a, a cast member on the show. I was. I went on like twenty dates. <laughs> did with uh, dudes. Yeah. I wonder if you did you know Fahim Anwar? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. a good buddy of mine. He, he was, was on great. the show with you. Yeah. Yes. I well. We were not on the same. Not season, on the same season. But I met him. But you he met was him. Very nice. Yeah. Yes. So I don't. I doubt he would remember me. We met like one time. But he well, has a very unique name. And so I'll see him remember. soon. And I'll be like, well, <laughs> you remember Zeman? He'd be like, I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very forgettable. Um, but no, he was great. The show was great. It still haunts me. Not haunts me. It's. Uh, it's like well, you know, I mean, people Google you. So I started at Entertainment Tonight and. A girl who I work with was like, oh, so I looked you up and I found these clips. And people are always very positive about it, which is great. It was a lot of fun. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was going on dates and eating for free and messing with people and getting yeah. paid for it. So that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So when you did that, you weren't like, I want to be an actress. Like to me, that seems like a very different path than like what you were on. No, you know, the first time I came to LA, I was kind of, I think, discovering if I wanted to be an actress. And I learned that I didn't want to be an actress. Um, I love comedy. I love improv so much. And I've missed that for the past four years because I haven't really been able to do it. Not a lot of outlets where I was. Um, but I just love doing it. I didn't, I realized I had no real interest in like studying acting. Kind of made me want to die, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's hard. I mean, I remember, there's this great Amy Poehler quote, which I will misquote. Hashtag journalism. Um, and she says something about, you know, if, there, if, you, if there's anything else that you could see yourself doing, don't be an actor because it's the hardest job. Um, and I, that kind of made me realize that, yeah, there were other things that I, that made me pretty much just as happy. So I should probably do those other things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So are you back in LA for good? Are you like, this is where, where it's happening? You You know, no, I can absolutely say maybe probably not. I don't know. I've had a really weird, uh, path, I guess, you know, move to LA, move to Missouri. Now I'm back in Los Angeles. I think it just makes me realize, you know, I've kind of learned that if you told me five years ago that I would move to LA and leave after a year, I would have said you're crazy. If you told me three years ago that I would leave Missouri and come back to LA, I would have said you're crazy. So just never say never, basically. Maybe I'll just go back and forth and be bi-coastal, but California in the Midwest. (laughs) Yeah. What would be the term for that? Mid-coastal? Yeah, <laughs> ah, uh, yeah, that's my right. coastal. Yeah, we're terming it. Yeah, that's how we. That's how you get a word in the Webster's dictionary. I've that's always wanted you, to create. That's one. how you set trends. <laughs> that's how you set hashtags, mm-hmm. stuff like this. So, uh, did you meet? Uh, you recently? How long have you been married now? I just <laughs> changed. So no, gonna, this is great. We, if you're talking about the Midwest, you should talk about getting married. No, right? uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. Cause because I feel that's like that's where the did. magic <laughs> happens. Yeah. <laughs> did you feel like? 
I need to do that as soon as you move there? Or did you want to do it before you? It's like the second you set foot in Missouri, your womb starts ticking. No, I'm <laughs> um, I mean, it's a different vibe there for sure. People get uh, married younger than I think they do here. It's probably more of a priority. Um, no, I just, again, you never know. Actually, the man that I married, um, I briefly dated him before I moved to Los Angeles. And if you had told me you'll marry this guy, would not have believed you. Uh, but I came back and we dated for about eight months and he You're popped there. the cue. And then a year and a half later, we got married. So we were engaged for a while. Um, but he's awesome. He's super supportive. He's up for the adventure of moving out here. So I feel very lucky. Um, but it's funny because I've gotten in touch with a couple people out here like I texted uh, a guy I was friends with. I'm like, hey, I'm back in Los Angeles. And he said, oh, did you move back here with your husband and your five kids? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have five children. Um, but yeah, people in the Midwest get married, which is awesome. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great to be married. You have somebody who supports you and is in it with you. It's awesome. Yeah. It's just a different uh, way of, of thinking because like my sister... Yeah, you're she, from Kansas. I yeah, just learned this about yeah, you. Yeah, I'm from Kansas. <laughs> my my sister, she got married at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my brother, I believe, also got married around that age as well. It's just... But the, the L.A. way of thinking is you get married somewhere closer to 30s because yeah. you'll be more established. But you guys are close to getting hitched, right? You're both on that road? <laughs> Justin and I? Uh, I mean, you know. I mean, Justin and I, we've been going steady for a while. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to pop the question, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, it's, he's getting close to I mean, ultimatum, how many I episodes is it going to take <laughs> for this podcast? <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I will admit that, you know, being in the Midwest, I think I was, like I said, I was getting antsy. My friends are starting to have babies, and I started to think, okay, what's next for me here? Um, and you do start to feel like, well, if I stay here, I suppose what is next will be having a child. And uh, I am so not ready for that. Are you guys? No. 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 Hell no. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, I see a kid on the street, and I'm like, oh, you're so cute. But if they linger on the street near me for longer than about two minutes... I become annoyed. See, that's why I think I'm going to be a freaking awesome uncle. Because I can be like, bye. Right. <laughs> that was cool hanging. Yeah. But you're not mine. Yeah. So. Go home. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, never say never. Maybe in five years I'll be ready. But they are a lot of work. And I had the, and my mom was great. She was very, uh, we'd be like in the back of the car on the way to school and mom would be driving us to school. Like we're late. She's stressed. And she'd just turn around and say things like, don't ever have children. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> to her children. So she, yeah. To her children. She really laid it on the line pretty clearly. You know, I mean, if we were frustrating her, she'd drop a bomb. Like once you have kids, your life's never your own again. And we're like, Oh, oh Jesus. God. So she was very honest. So does uh, your mom regret you? I'm trying to, I mean, I don't think you're allowed to say, I think that biologically some kind of love goes through you when you birth your child that you could never say that you regret them. But if that love was taken away for a minute, I'm sure the logical brain in you would, would entertain that thought. 
I think that you and my girlfriend need to hang out <laughs> and just talk about stuff and go on a girl date. Because she's like me or because you're hoping for that I will influence her? You're hoping the latter, the oh. influence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, to each their own. Honestly, again, call me in five years. I'll probably be like ready or something, but I'm just so not The ready real question now. is, is when you have that kid, will I be the godfather? Because oh uh, I'm God. still waiting for my first nomination. All my friends keep snubbing me it's really? kind of fucked up i'll be like this is your godfather look how old he looks <laughs> he's so old we picked him because he's so old and wise he's so hairy and he can teach you all about not chasing the girls letting the girls chase you that's right mm-hmm. that's you how you that get them having respect for yourself <laughs> <laughs> that's justin alexio whenever i think of that <laughs> self-respect <laughs> so you write a lot of like uh celebrity things. i just read something that you wrote for e um about e. Miley Cyrus, E.T., E.T., e. mm. uh, about Miley Cyrus, right? Was that? Yes. So yes. how, like, is that, like, fast turnaround? Like, do you just see people out and you're like, I got to, or do you get, like, a hot lead? Like, I have no idea. Oh, I think, you know, it, um, it can go one of many ways. Um, I mean, you know, this industry is super weird, right? Because uh, we're all so intertwined. I think that's why it feels so small-worldy. Um, the people who are doing entertainment journalism run in the same circles as the entertainers. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of, uh, you know, I think that you, you have to make smart choices about um, smart and human choices, um, just as any journalist should. Uh, the news is the news, but you have to be a person at the same time. Um, so I think that, you know, we make those choices every day and certain media outlets probably don't make the best choices. Um, but I try to remind myself to be a human because these are these people's lives. It's a weird balance of you're famous and you know a lot of people use that fame to their advantage as they should. Uh, but at the same time, um, you're a person. So try to remember them both. So you don't try to ruin anybody? <laughs> no, you know, I try, to, I, I try to be a straight shooter and call it like I see it. Um, and to me, the biggest, the most important thing is to be able to validate and back up your opinion. It's like being a movie critic, you know? You can say the movie's shitty, but why did you think it was shitty? Don't just call it shitty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, you've done a lot of uh, writing and behind-the-scenes stuff. Do you have any desire to do, be, like, an entertainment correspondent, like, on camera, doing any of that for E.T., anything yeah. like that? Well, I am on, uh, on camera for E.T. online right now. Oh, awesome. Uh, oh. Yeah, so that is what I do. That's freaking um, great. I should have done my research a little bit. Oh, my God, it's okay. Way to go, but buddy. You blew you, it. Sometimes you just got to lob up questions, <laughs> and then it's more fascinating whenever... Uh, uh, I, I'm going to take that as that you thought that I was too ugly to be on camera <laughs> right when I walked in. You were like, oh, this bitch is behind the scenes. Jesus. <laughs> no wonder she left. Um, no, yeah, it's, but you know, we're in this great age of truly that, I mean, you guys are doing this podcast. Like anybody can mm-hmm. be on camera. Um, anybody can, uh, I think it's, it makes journalists better because it challenges us. Um, mm-hmm. Because anybody can theoretically do what we're doing. Uh, I don't think that means anybody should do what we're <laughs> doing because um, it's good to go to journalism school. Uh, but yeah, so I'm on camera for them. Um, which is wonderful, and but m- what's always been most important to me is just doing good work. Um, I had a girl who worked for me not too long ago, and she was, it was not at the job I'm at now, it was at another job, and she was like very, I remember her coming to me one day and complaining about how the job hadn't gotten her more Twitter followers yet, 
Um, and I tried to tell her that I just, I'm really a believer that uh, doing good work, work that both entertains and informs people, um, is how you're going to make it, mm -hmm. uh, which is hard for some people to comprehend in today's day and age, I think, because <laughs> yeah. it's so easy to become famous for a second. Um, yeah. But lasting fame comes from good work. Yeah, longevity in any career takes a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, or go on a reality show. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, if yeah. you want the flash yeah. in a pan thing, if you just want a quick 10 seconds of fame, yeah, go on a reality show, do that. Yeah. Do you think it's harder to be a journalist now than back in the day? Because you, I feel like now you have to be a little bit more of a Renaissance woman or man mm -hmm. where they expect you if you are... Uh, on camera, behind the scenes, uh, like even when you're submitting writing packets, you have to have, uh, they look at your Twitter followers mm -hmm. now. They, uh, they expect you to maybe edit your own stories or edit your own uh, things, like video-wise mm -hmm. even. Uh, do you think it's, it's more difficult now than maybe back in the 50s or something to be a journalist? <laughs> Oh, I would I would feel arrogant saying that it is, but I mean, you know, because I didn't live back then. Don't we all wish we had? You know, simpler times. We've only heard of them. Um, Not but for me. Fine on the fifties, <laughs> but simpler, less informed times. Um, you know, I think that it's probably hard for different reasons. We have so much access to information, which is so great. Um, but then the filtering through of that information and the speed at which that information comes at us makes it really hard. Mm -hmm. um, so hard in different ways, probably. But I totally know what you mean about, you know, uh, everybody. There's a demand that everybody has more skills. Um, it's kind of exhausting as a human. Um, but at the end of the day, all it does is challenge you to make you better. Um, and I think that we can all kind of make informed decisions for ourselves. Um, I mean, do I know a little bit about video editing? Yes, but I know that I'm not a super visual and person. Uh, so I would rather kind of target my, I guess I just mean, I know that I'm probably not going to make a lot of headway if I like really try to learn video editing because my yeah. brain just doesn't think visually. So I think that there are, what I would rather do is hone my skills in other areas and then find great people to work with who are good in those arenas. Um, if somebody's demanding that you be great at everything, then they're probably not someone you want to work for. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like also that might be a, a lower level thing, do you think, whenever they are expecting like all of these things out of you and then whenever the more seasoned you are, the more concentrated your skills become or at least what they're requesting out of you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, everybody's got to have a specialization, mm -hmm. right? I mean, but that, you guys would probably tell me more about that because I guess that's something that's, so what, when you're submitting a writing packet, you've got to be the one editing your, I mean, I, I, I have not done that ever. Yeah, I mean, I haven't r really submitted too many writing packets, mm -hmm. but for, uh, from my buddies who, uh, I have some buddies who write on, on TV and stuff that, they have to include their Twitter followers and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. and they sometimes even have to submit pages of their tweets uh, so they can go through and read the jokes to see what kind of quality jokes you're writing just throwing out there on your personal account. Yeah. Which is kind of strange, um, which I know for a fact I can be arrogant and say that it is much harder to be a comedian and actor now than it used to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's... For sure, 100%. You could get famous if you had 
10 or 15 minutes of material <laughs> yeah. in the 80s. The good old days. <laughs> the good old days when like, hey. <laughs> like, and then like actors would get like, like picture deals with like Paramount. You'd work like, I, I hear stories of you would show up at Paramount not knowing what you were going to do for the day and you would be a guest star on a couple different shows and be like, all right, you're over in this lot. Mm-hmm. And and then after that, go over to this lot and here's the script and learn your sides and that's your day. And you were just assigned yeah. work. And now it's just like, if you book one, <laughs> one Now it's a of, lot of like crying or why am I well, going out? But then out? you hear that people, you know, about, oh, the studios used to own you. You know, they don't. I mean, yeah. both I mean, own, own me, baby, if you pay cons. me. I don't care. <laughs> pros and cons. Yeah, I mean... I, I see what you're saying. I think, but you know, look at somebody like Jennifer Lawrence, like not on Twitter has never been on Twitter. Um, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, I'm a traditionalist. traditionalist. I believe that if you are, I I will say, of course there are talented people who have never gotten the break that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the heartbreaking thing about this town. Um, but I just, I guess I just believe you have to keep trying to do good work. Um, if you're not great on Twitter, either try to be better or realize that you're not and devote yourself to Instagram. I, I don't know. <laughs> I like how positive you are. <laughs> That's great. That's well, great. I've been in Missouri for four years. You know, I haven't been living the hard life in Apollo. It hasn't worn off quite yet. Yeah, so let Soon me bring, it will again. <laughs> give me a couple years here. I'll be fleeing back to the Midwest. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, we're getting to the end of our podcast. Okay. It's time for the Hollywood Bitch Slap. Watch out. Oh, my God. Do you have a story for us, Zima? Uh, so remind me of the, of the premise of this. The I'm Hollywood so Bitch Slap is just the time that Hollywood has bitch slapped you. Uh, anyone in the industry, oh. whether uh, it's at a class, a show. Oh, yeah. I can tell you about my agency that okay. I had when I lived here before. Love it. Let's so do it. So I had this agency, and... Uh, they, I, you know, you, you get an agency and you, you kind of like try to vet it by people, you know, if you, I mean, I wasn't, I tried not to be stupid about it. I'm like, is this a real legitimate agency? Mm-hmm. And several people were like, that's a good mid-level agency. Yes. Like you should sign with them. Um, and I had actually, I'd booked that MTV show on my own. So I kind of was trying to use the MTV show to get an agent for the future. So the agent I had was pretty solid. Like, she, you know, got me a couple auditions. Things seemed to be going well. And then, like, my paychecks for my show came in, and no one at the agency would answer my calls, and it was just getting weird. And then I showed up there one day, and, like, the office was gone. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't even get you that job? No, I got the MTV job myself. And so, yeah, I, like, kind of showed up there one day, and, like, the office was gone. (laughs) And, like, I wasn't getting my money, and... Luckily, I, I, I can't remember all the details on what happened, but I, I, I mean, I truly don't even know what happened. It's sort of weird because I didn't really know any of the other actors that were with this agency. This we, place is just gone. It was just like literally the office was gone. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Did you were able to recover those checks? I think I lost about $2,000. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's painful, right? I mean, it was sort of, and we just couldn't. It, it was like we didn't. The actors didn't know each other. We kind, some of us found each other, and then some of us ended up getting some of our money go? back. We, it was, but I mean, yeah, like you show up and it's gone. It was really weird. I can't even. It's. I wish I remembered more of the details. I wish I'd written it down, but it was sort of surreal. Uh, so 
I wish I had advice to people on that, but I feel like I did all I could. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, I'm this like, Bad things happen sometimes. Right. I'm this 21-year-old actress, like, calling the police. <laughs> like, Hi, so, um, yeah, my agency disappeared. <laughs> I mean, this poor detective was probably trying to help me, but thought that I was insane. But, yeah, I mean, they ended up keeping some of my money. Another painful part about it was that it, I, I had actually asked that my checks be sent to my house, but by mistake, they got sent to this agency. Uh. So it was just a series of unfortunate events. But, you know, I think the lesson there is do your best and you still sometimes get shit on, but <laughs> stay Midwestern positive through it all. All right. Great. You're, you're <laughs> still happy. That's, that's the code I live by. <laughs> that just keep the head up and uh, get ready to be crapped on and <laughs> brush it off your shoulders and keep going. That's all you can do. That's what farmers do. They get shit on all day, man, and they yep. just keep plowing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So be a farmer. It's a better career choice. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for coming by the show, Lauren. Thank you guys for having me. This was so wonderful. And, you know, you, I don't know if you look older. We. This is the first time we're meeting. Right. You probably do. But, Justin, you look older. But that's what the ladies like. I, <laughs> that is what the ladies like. Like mature men. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I will, I could buy you a house. I can't, but I could looks-wise. There are men looks wise in the Midwest that can buy you houses like me. Totally. If you move to the Midwest, a woman would think that you could maybe, possibly, <laughs> maybe invest with her. Nope. <laughs> Your long hair would never let you make it there. Thanks for having me, guys. You yeah. guys are awesome. Where can we find you uh, online? Where can the listeners look you up on social media? Ways? Oh, my gosh. The, you know, I love that we were just talking about how hard it is, but you're going to give me a shout out. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. So thank you. This is good. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Lauren Zima. I tweet a lot of nonsensical things. Um, and that's it. Awesome. Check out at Lauren Zima on Twitter. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we will uh, post this tag in it. And uh, thanks so much for doing it. Thanks for coming by. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you. you.